Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I want you to take your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs as you remain standing to chap- Proverbs chapter 20. If you get your purpose right, you end up living life wrong. And it's important that you understand and recognize that CWC, we, we exist to love God, love people, change the world. We believe that by loving God, that by loving people, that we could change, maybe not the whole world, but we can change the world that we live in, affect our community. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says this, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, But one who has insight draws them out. In other words, every one of us has a purpose deep within us. But that purpose isn't always readily available. You have to dig deep in order to release that purpose in your life. And I want to share with you a story of Jesus and how knowing your purpose keeps you on the right path. Now now follow me in Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 42. Jesus has just been in the city and he has been healing people, opening blinded eyes, delivering people who are possessed and and just uh, doing all kinds of miracles. And the people in this town love having Jesus there because with Jesus being there, they don't have to worry about sickness. They don't have to worry about problems because Jesus is the remedy to every situation. The next morning, after Jesus does all this, it says this, At daybreak, the next morning, the crowds came, searched for him everywhere. But when they, but Jesus had already left to go to a secluded place. When they found, finally found him, they held him tightly. Have you ever looked for something so long that when you find it, you don't want to let it go? They, they finally find Jesus, and when they find him, they're like, Oh, man, we thought you, we lost you. And they hold on to him, and they tell Jesus, this is what they tell him, begging him to stay with them in Capernaum. That Don't go. We, we, we love having you here. We, we, we love having you here because, man, we're never going to have to go to the doctor again. We're never going to have to worry about finding food again because you can multiply bread. You can multiply fishes. You can heal bodies. Just having you here answers every problem. Then he says this. Jesus responds to them in verse 43. Jesus said, don't you know that there are other places I must go to? In other words, this isn't just about you. I'm glad you like me being here. But there's other people that have needs as well. He goes on and tells them this. that And offer them the hope found in God's kingdom realm. This is what I've been sent to do. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. How many have ever been to In-N-Out? Dang, at least we found something we can agree upon this morning, huh? Everyone, amen. Didn't get any amens from some of y'all earlier. Been in and out amen. God bless you. Hey, praise God. If you go to In-N-Out and you order a chicken sandwich, what are you going to get? How many have been to Chick-fil-A? 
If you order a hamburger at Chick-fil-A, what's going to happen there? Now, does that make Chick-fil-A a bad place because they don't serve burgers? Or In-N-Out a bad place because they don't serve chicken? But have you ever gone up at lunchtime to In-N-Out? What's the line like? Yeah, you, some of y'all are about to cuss. <laughs> have you ever been to the line at Chick-fil-A during lunchtime? You don't want to go there at lunchtime because it's crazy packed. There's lines. It go, goes all the way down. Why? Because, but won't they only serve chicken or they only serve burgers? Why? Because they figured out what their purpose is. They've established what they do good and they stay in their lane. When you know what your calling is, when you know your purpose in life, it helps you excel in all areas of life. And you don't have to come up with an excuse why you're not good at burgers if you excel at chicken. Say it again, Pastor. You see, many of us are trying to be so good in every aspect of life that you're missing out on the aspect you've been designed to fill. And I want you to understand that knowing your purpose helps you say no to the good things in order to say yes to the best things. When you know your why, when you know your purpose in life, your purpose, it's been said, is the original intent or design of a thing. When I know my purpose, when you know your purpose, your original intent then you're able to fulfill the purpose that you were created for. But I want to give you some points here. Number one, you don't determine your purpose. God does. Because the creator of something is the one that is responsible to identify what it's been created for. I, I used the example before that, you know, especially in Latin homes, we could take a butter knife and turn it into a screwdriver. <laughs> They're too lazy to go look for a screwdriver in the garage, so we just... Take, open up the, the kitchen drawer, take out a, a, a kitchen knife and, or a butter knife and use that to tighten up screws and to do things. And I tell you what, growing up, you never found a butter knife that was straight. <laughs> Every butter knife was tilted at the front of it because you used it for something. Now, it works, but it wasn't designed for that. Now, you can do some things that you weren't designed for, but you might end up getting damaged in the process. Knowing your, when you find your purpose, your life begins. And when you begin to find the purpose that we were created, we begin to really live life at its fullest. And it doesn't matter whether my bank account is filled, whether, you know, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people, whether I'm living in a big house, a small house. When you find your purpose, you find your place. And there's peace. And lastly, purpose cannot be fulfilled in isolation. L listen, look at the person to your left or to your right and tell them, I need you in my life. Now, if they're married, be careful. Okay? I need, I need you. I need you. Hey, dude, that lady's married. Stay away. What, what I'm saying is that we need each other in order to fulfill our purpose and in in, in come about. We, we, our purpose doesn't come about in isolation. And so Dr. Miles Monroe, I love what he said. He said, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without purpose. And when we don't walk in our purpose in life, that is the greatest tragedy of all, is not death. 
It's life without purpose. And so when we talk about a statement of purpose, every great company has a statement of purpose. You have to have a statement of purpose not only for the company, but for your own life as well. What, what's the thing that drives you? For me, uh, my, my statement of purpose for my personal life is this. And when, when I was growing up, my dad would take us camping. We'd go camping. And before we left the campsite, he always told me this. Leave the campsite better than what you found it. If there were papers or cups or whatever, always leave the campgrounds better than how you found that, that place. And I've taken that as my personal mantra for my life as well, that wherever I go, I want to leave that place better than what I found it. I want to leave people better. I want to leave a, an area better. I want to leave an atmosphere better because I was there. And I might only be there for a second, but I'm going to make that place better at my time that I've been there. And whether it's going to an NFL chapel or whether it's going to speak to another church or whether it's talking to my children and my family, I'm going to leave that atmosphere better than what I found it. CWC has a statement of purpose as well. And it answers the question as to why we exist. We don't sell hamburgers. We don't sell chicken. Unless the men's ministries is doing a fundraiser. <laughs> but we have a purpose that we exist as well. And it's important for you and to me that you know what that purpose is. You need to know what our why is. Why we exist. It's not just to come and hear good music. And we have some good music. You don't come here because you just want to hear a motivational message. Because we have okay preaching sometimes. Pastor Dan's lucky every so often he hears from God. And every, every one in every four messages will touch your life. Our why is to love God, love people, change the world. But I need you to understand that you don't choose a church like you choose a restaurant. You don't go to a church because you enjoy what they're serving. We choose a restaurant, we choose it based on their service. Do we like their food? Is it a place that is a good value? And yet we begin to choose churches in the same manner. You don't partner with the church because you enjoy the music or even the pastor. Or dislike of the pastor. You choose a church based on the purpose. You don't connect with the church because of its music. You connect with it because of its vision. Say it again, Pastor. See, this is where we get it wrong. And that's why some of us are sitting in the wrong place because we go to a place that we want to, it, to encourage us or bless us, but we never reciprocate by joining the purpose. We come in an avenue of give, give me, because it's a restaurant. As long as I pay my bill, we're good. But a church, you partner with the vision, not just the environment. We become partners in passion. 
That what we're passionate about is what we do. Now, let's, let's get this clear. Every church in the valley, every church across America, really, every church across the world has the same mission. We're all here to win people to Christ. We're all here about the kingdom. So that the mission, we all have the same mission, but we don't all have the same vision. Our mission's the same. To win people to Christ and, and to transform lives. But that, that's what the, 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 the Bible tells us. To go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. But the vision of each church is different. On how God's called us to each bring about that purpose. And so at CWC, not only are we partners in passion. But we need to, we need to make sure that you agree with us in our vision. That you, that you can partner. That this is something that you can say, man, I, I support this. I'm behind this. I agree. This is my passion, too. This is what I believe in. Because it's important that you connect with that as well. Because if you don't connect with the mission or the, the vision, then you're going to end up. It doesn't matter if, you're, if things grow or not grow. It doesn't matter if, if you're changed or you don't change. And there no, becomes no personal responsibility for us to progress in our walk with God either. Because I'm just here to receive. I'm just peeking in. I, I, man, we were just singing with everything. Now I got quiet. Okay? So let, let's, we, we've sat down and we've identified as, as a staff, biblically, what's it look like to love God, love people, change the world? How do we know that we're loving God? How many of you here right now have a passion to love God? You want to love God? That's just, it's, and I, I, I firmly believe that. We, we, I believe everyone here loves God. I believe everyone here wants to love God more. I believe you're here today because you want to love God. The problem is, is that there's so much going on in our lives that just takes our attention. It's not that you don't love God. It's just that we love ourselves just a bit more. That, that's not, you know, Jesus said to love yourself, to love others as yourself. So you have to love yourself, right? But he also said before that to love God first. And today, I, I want to just break first service. I tried to get through this whole thing, the first service. Didn't happen. Now I know why, because I talk too much. Uh, so we're just going to go through the first part. We're just going to go through the first part this morning. And we're going to talk about what's it look like to love God. How do, you, how, how do you know someone loves you? How can you measure love? There, there's no, you know, in a sports game, you, you can tell there's, there's a scoreboard. That shows at the end of the game who won. But in love, there is no scoreboard. You can't tell. Someone says they love you, but what are the metrics that we use to judge whether love is activated? Now, we say we want to love God, but it seems so out there. Love is, love is not just a, a feeling. And many times we, we, we say we love someone. Now, how, how many men are married here? How many married men? Raise your hands real quick, okay? Now, what, what do you have on your left Ring finger, you married men. A what? Now you're not even married, and you knew. Huh? Hey, are you are you praying for? Oh, I'm praying. Stand up right now. For for those of you looking for a husband, okay, you're looking for a husband. You know, good looking man. Come on, give me the smile. There you go. All right. So, <laughs> DJ, DJ, stand up. He's looking for a, a wife as well. So. <laughs> we have everyone standing up. And, 
Oh, man, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> come back. Come back. Now, the reason, the reason, good, thank you. I appreciate that. The reason we have a wedding ring, there's for, it's for a purpose. Because when you stand there next to your wife and you make that commitment till death do us part, the reality is you don't always feel in love. And this ring here is to help remind you of the commitment that you made till death do us part or until I kill you. Angie and I used to joke around that we've removed the D word, divorce from our marriage, but we've left the M word in, murder. <laughs> but the, re- the reality is, is this, is that you don't always feel in love. But love is not a feeling. Love's a commitment that sometimes produces a feeling. And that's why people end up jumping into relationships because I'm in love. No, you know what you are? You're in love with the idea of love. You, you don't love the person because the person you can't really stand. Yeah. <laughs> you're always mad at the person, always angry at the, but you're, you're in love with the idea of love. And so you end up committing to someone that you know is flawed and know that you guys can't get along. And so that's why we have a ring to remind us that we made a commitment to stay with that person. Because you don't always feel in love. And, and so it's not just when I don't feel in love with her or someone better comes along, which will never happen because you're the greatest, babe. <laughs> but too many people aren't looking for Mr. Right. They're looking for Mr. Right now. How do we judge love? But there are metrics that we can judge according to the word of God. That first, how do we identify that we love God? How do we know that you love God? Number one, it's by following Jesus. And I encourage you to take notes on this because this is who we are. It's by following Jesus. John chapter 14. Now, I'm not, you got to look this up. It's not on the screen for you. If you love me, keep my commandments. How do you know that we love God? Jesus identified that if you love me, you're going to obey my commandments. So, you know, I, I tell you what, many people are so much into, well, I memorize the word of God. I, I, I memorize, I, I've, I've learned the word, I, I've memorized it. God doesn't want you to memorize it. He wants you to live it. Uh-huh. Amen. It's like I told you before, if I told my daughter, listen, we're, me and your mom are heading out. When we get home, I want the, want the house vacuumed. I want you to throw out the garbage, and I want your room clean and take care of that dog. Okay, when we get home, those things should be done. If I come home after a few hours and she's sitting there on, on the on the couch playing PS4, playing, you know, uh, what's that, uh, Call of Duty, and she's out, which she's very good at, by the way. I stopped playing with her because she kills me all the time. And she, she's out there, and I said, babe, what, what's going on? The, the carpets haven't been uh, vacuumed. The garbage is still there. She said, hey, Dad, it's okay. I, I memorized everything you told me to do. <laughs> you told me to throw out the trash, vacuum, clean my room, and watch that dog. I remember every word you said. Do you think God wants you to memorize what he said or do what he said? I could give a rip if you can memorize scripture if you're not living it. When Jesus goes and calls the disciples, he sees, you know, he sees the fishermen, John and James, and they're mending the nets. Jesus comes walking by and he tells them this. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. What do they do? 
They dropped their nets and they followed him. He walks up to Matthew as Matthew's collecting taxes, making making bank and tells him this. Hey, follow me. And he leaves everything and he follows him. Do you see one time where Jesus goes to the disciples and says, follow me. Okay, I'll follow you. Now say this prayer. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus. He doesn't do that. I believe that you are the son of God. He doesn't, he, Jesus doesn't have them pray to him. The standard of love was in the follow, not in the words. It's in the follow. And so if we say that we are followers of God, we have to. That's how we know, number one. Number two, that we know that we love God is by selfless service. Well, that, that's a hard one. Because I, you know, I, I got my own things going on. And, you know, I got my own issues. You want me to help someone with their marriage? My, my own marriage is jacked up. You want me to, to help this homeless person? I'm trying to keep my PG&E on. And it's hard because Hebrews 6.10 says this. For God is not unjust. He will not forget. Come on, someone. God has a memory. He will not forget how hard you work for him and how hard you and how you have shown your love to him by. Now, now check this out. How you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Do you catch that? He says. How you have shown your love to him by what you do for him. That if I love God, I'm going to do. I'm going to obey him and follow him. But I'm also going to take care of his other children. I love watching. You know, just even today, watching. We can't coming into church, and I see the Jaime's walking in. JJ comes walking up. The the older boy, and then you got got the little guy coming up, or CJ coming up as well. And CJ comes running up, hugs me, showing me his little his little uh, Mickey Mouse, and hugging him, talking to him, and everything. And then JJ goes to class. And as soon as JJ goes to class, CJ just drops Mickey Mouse. His face goes sad, and he just looks with his arms down as his brother's walking away because he doesn't want to be separated from his brother. He, he wants to be with the, his brother. See, we, we are the body of Christ. There, there's a family aspect to that, to where we have a responsibility to care for one another, to, to watch for one another, to, to, to look out for one another. That at times, just like little kids do as they help big brothers, help little brothers and sisters out, we have to have a responsibility of taking care. We have to learn to serve like Jesus did to other people. When's the last time you did something for someone and they didn't, you weren't looking for, uh, for, for them to pay you back for what you did? When's the last time you just did something good for someone? Because when you do it, the Bible says to the least of these, you've done it unto, unto me, unto God. Number three, you still with me? We're going to close in a moment, and so just stay with me. We know that we love God by following Jesus, selfless service, and living by giving. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he, that he what? Giving is a picture of who our Father is. God the Father is a giver. 
And so if God the Father is a giver, shouldn't the children have the same characteristics as their father? Giving is who we are because that's who our father is. And so if our father isn't stingy, how much more should we be givers as well? How much more should we be people? We show our love for God by our giving, by the things that we give. And I'm not just talking tithe and offering. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your talent. I'm talking about your giftings. I'm talking about your ability to lift people up, to share a smile, a a word of encouragement. Let me tell you this, that he gave. When's the last time you shared Christ with someone? When's the last time someone came to know Jesus because you gave the love of God from you to them? We always talk about giving of money, but what about giving Jesus to somebody? Most of us are afraid to share Christ because our character at work doesn't reflect Christ. And if I share Christ with them, what are they going to say when they find out? You're a believer? You go to church? You're a Christian? I'm here to tell you this, man. I'm not looking for a church filled of Christians. I'm looking for a church filled with lovers of God. That if we can learn generosity... Not what's in it for me. Can, can learn generosity and how to give. I was so blessed yesterday at our men's breakfast. We're finishing up the men's breakfast, and then our light of light ministry comes in, our homeless ministry. They came in, and they, they just got to it. They were getting down. Taking all the food that was donated from Chick-fil-A, they were putting chicken sandwiches together, and they were getting ready to go out to Cory Court and, and give food out to the homeless people there. On a Saturday morning when you could have slept in, they, they took out of their time to give to someone that otherwise wouldn't have a meal that day. And they do this every Saturday. They do this where they're, they're giving to people. That's living by giving. It's not always just a financial gift. Now, there's financial responsibilities we have as a believers. But if we can learn generosity, when you have a generous heart, it permeates every aspect of your life. And I've learned this, that when you live from generosity, you can never outgive God. Because when you give to God, God will always come back to you. The Bible says, pressed down, shaken together, and then running over. Try it. It works. Last thing as I close, worship team, if you would help me, loving like Jesus. We love God by loving people like Jesus loved them. And we find in John 15, 12, it says this. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. To love others the same way Jesus loved us. Jesus sets the example for how love looks. Now, I need you to grab a hold of this this morning because it's so important. When you find the woman caught in adultery, you, you take a look at the Bible where the woman caught in adultery, she was busted. The Bible says she was caught in the very Act, you get the picture, but not too good a big of a picture because then you start falling into sin, okay? But she's caught in the very act of sin. And then they bring her and they throw her down in front of Jesus. And then they tell Jesus, what does the law say that we should do with her? 
What do we need to do at this moment with this, this lady? And I love what Jesus does. The Bible says that Jesus comes to this lady. How many remember what the story says? What did Jesus do at that point? He what? He wrote in the ground. Yeah, he did. But what did he do before he wrote in the sand? He what? Let, let me put it to you this way. Help me out, babe. Thank you. I'll take this from you. You were caught in sin. <laughs> Down on the floor in front of a mob that's ready to stone her. And the God that breathed breath into Adam's lungs is now standing next to her. And when the group is ready to stone her, the God of all creation, the first thing he does you miss that. He You're, you're not catching it. What did Jesus do? Let, let's, let's rephrase kneeling down. He came down. He, when Adam and Eve sinned, separated them from God. Before the foundations of the earth, God knew what was going to take place because he created time, but he exists outside of time. That he knew that Adam and Eve would sin. So the Bible says that before the foundations of the earth, Christ died for us. The plan was already in place before they even created man. This is a picture of the gospel right here. Caught in sin, busted. No, we, we have no excuse. Or we, I, I, can't, I have no excuse for what I am, where I am, my position that I'm in. God, I, I'm dead to rights. You have a right to judge me. You have a right to throw me aside. And what does God do instead of throwing stones at us or encouraging others to do the same? He came down. He left the throne of glory, came down in the form of a child. He came down. He became what we were in order to transform us into what he is. He came down. God's love for you is so great that he comes down, that when we fall, he doesn't throw rocks, he comes down. He came down in his grace and he spread himself out on a cross to give his life as a ransom for you through grace to say, I love you so much that I'm willing to give my life so that you can live. He came down, comes down next to her. We don't know what he wrote. Ministers for years have been talking about what he wrote. Some say that he was writing the names of the men that were with her. That may have been the very people that were holding stones ready to stone her. Some people say that he wrote the name of the man that he was, she was caught with because they had set him up. But we don't know what was written because we're not supposed to know. But it was so cool to see the 
Word of God. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word came down and wrote a Word in the sand. We're made out of dirt. He wrote a Word in the dirt in order to set free those of us that were busted in sin. To love. To love like Jesus. I was listening to a quote from Chris Valentin this week, and he made a comment. He goes, man, sometimes I'm just ashamed to be a Christian because of the stupid things Christians say. And I, I, I can identify with that, man. There's times I don't want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I just don't want to be a Christian. Because we're all like the woman caught in adultery. And then all of a sudden we get up, we get cleaned off, and someone else comes in in the same condition that we were in. And now all of a sudden we got in by grace, but we want them to get in through works. Just because we've been cleaned up a little bit, we forget about our whole past. Some of you get that on the way home. We forget how bad we were. We forget how how ratchet we were. We forget how messed up we were. And so just because we got cleaned up, we see someone else coming in the same condition, and now we want to judge them. But I love the example he used. How How many appreciate mercy? Mercy is simply this. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Anyone ever get a speeding ticket before? Or let let me change. How many ever sped before? If you're going 100 miles an hour in a 30 mile an hour speed zone and you get pulled over by a cop and the cop comes over to you Checks your information out, and when he comes, notice how my hand's back here as well. Comes over to you and then tells you this I'm gonna let you off with a warning. You have just experienced mercy. Somebody say amen. Okay? Grace, on the other hand, is the same cop pulls you over for doing a hundred and a thirty, and after he tells you, I'm gonna let you go. He writes you a check for $1,000 and gives it to you and says, you can go. That's grace. Because grace gives you what you didn't deserve. All you guys are going to be speeding on the way home. (laughs) Trust me, you're not going to get $1,000 from the cop. That's grace. None of us deserve to be in. But when we learn to love like Jesus loved... That's the metric by which we judge what love is all about. That's how we know that we are lovers of God when we are followers of Jesus. Come on. When we learn to serve in selfless service like Jesus, when we, when we learn also my, to love like Jesus, when we're able to operate to love God, love people, change the world, how does loving God 
Heads bowed and eyes closed for one moment. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.